Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Boo! Oh my goodness. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. Okay. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Merry Spookmas, everyone. It's your boys, Lonnie and Dylan, coming at you from your podcast app of choice. Lonnie. Kindly tell me, in the scariest way possible, what this podcast is about for the people at home. Well, each week, two scary young men (gasps) pick the scariest topics known to man and then take each other on a terrifying journey through life, pop culture, and everything in between that is spooky. You gave me the chills. (laughs) (laughs) Top effort, mate. Top effort. Thank you. And how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Dylan. It's a spooky edition of the of the pod, which is good. And it's you know, Halloween is the spookiest time of year. Not a huge thing in Australia, but it's sort of becoming more and more, isn't it, each year? Definitely over the years, mate. She's picked up traction, I swear. <laughs> she has. When I was a kid, no one was trick-or-treating. Got robbed of a childhood. I know. I, mean, I know you know, people think, oh, it's so American or it's so whatever. Like, you no, know, whatever. Let people, people enjoy themselves. I don't care. Yeah. Why not, right? Why not? And, and given it's Halloween, we thought, we thought we might take that a bit literally this year, didn't we, Dylan? Quite literally, with the title, because what are we looking at today, my friend? We're looking at Batman The Long Halloween. Yes, yes, absolutely. We have a banger of an episode today, people, because Long Halloween, one of the most famous, highly regarded, critically acclaimed stories in the history of Batman comics, and just comics in general, I reckon. I reckon so too, Dylan. I think like it's been a while since we had a Batman episode on this podcast, um, but these movies came out recently, and the book is, as you said, one of the best Batman stories and probably one of the most highly regarded graphic novels of all time. So mm. perfect timing for us, eh? Absolutely. So what we'll be discussing today, everyone at home, we'll be discussing the movie adaptations, of which there are two parts, um, talking a bit about the original comic, uh, and then in the back half of the episode, we'll be discussing some DC animated movies in general and some of our favourites, one that stood out to us over the years. So you better stay tuned till the very end because it's going to be a best episode yet. I think so too, Dylan. Also, before we get into that, I've got a quick story mm. to tell you if that's okay. Of course. So it's not Batman related strictly, but it kind of is. Okay. So yesterday... I went to the Lifeline Book Fest. I wasn't trying to go there. It just happened to be next to the place I was going. So I was like, oh, I can't say no to this, can I? <laughs> How good you are. <laughs> and then when I was there looking around, like massive hall and there's thousands of books and DVDs and things looking around, I was just having to wander by myself. Better. And then there was a guy in the loudspeaker, right? And he clearly wasn't somebody who normally does, <laughs> you know, announcements at these things. Must be oh, yeah. Here. Yep. Um. And so he was announcing a little boy had been lost, right? And had <gasps> made his way to the, you know, wherever the announcer was, like the 
people running the show. Yeah. Um, and he said, kind of, he, the funniest thing was that he was kind of reaching for each each word in the sentence, like he didn't really know what he was going to say, Ooh. which I think explains what he says next. But I'll, so I'll read it out to you. I wrote it down <laughs> as soon as it happened because that's <laughs> hilarious. Okay. Um, he said, um, so we've got a, a fair, a young fair-haired lad here. Um, he's wearing his, his, if you put him in his best red shirt this morning, he, he's here waiting for you. Um, so if you're the, the, the parents or the caregivers for this little boy, um, let's just say you've done a sketchy job, okay? So he's here waiting for you. Jesus <laughs> Christ, was this book fair run by the fucking Riddler? <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> what the hell? And, um, just the idea of him like saying, parents, you've done a sketchy job. Like, just putting one blast, you know, just while they're... Well, probably... I mean, they lost a kid, so... Well, maybe he ran away from them. Like, he's looking... <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know. Anyway, the reason I tell you this, Dylan, is that young, fair-haired lad was named Dylan. <gasps> was it you, is my question. <laughs> well, seeing as I have no hair, um, it was. I was wearing my wig that day. Yeah, I thought so, you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got lost. <laughs> I can't keep track of mum at the, the book fairs, mate. I just get lost in it. You know how it is. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. Anyway, there you go. Put on blast these poor parents looking for their lost child. <laughs> well, they found him in the end. That's that's I, the main thing. I hope so. I was laughing. No one else laughed, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> well, you wrote it down, so it must mm. have been worth it. Mm-hmm. Good Thank story, you. Lonnie. Good Thank story. You. Batman. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> let's let's send it, mate. All right. So before we get into the long Halloween specifically, let me say this to you. I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Of all the Batman comics, if you had to decide on Mount Rushmore, let's say. Purely based on, like, influence these stories have had on Batman, his representation in pop culture, I would personally say you would have The Dark Knight Returns. Yep. Year One. Yep. The Killing Joke. Yep. And Long Halloween. Do you reckon that's a fair assessment, or would you throw something else in there? Well, I think that's the big four. Mm -hmm. Um... Because, like, obviously Batman had, he was around in the 30s and 40s, 50s and kind of in a different guise. Um, yeah. I think from my understanding, things kind of changed in the 70s. It got a bit more serious, but then the 80s, they really took off. Frank Miller especially kind of changed the game, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk about those ones a little bit before we jump into Long Halloween because these have been referenced, paid homage to, and basically used as, like, skeletons for Batman movies for the years. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Dylan, is that if you haven't read or watched these long Halloween movies, you pretty much have seen it already in The Dark Knight and various other Batman stories over the years. Like, the influence of long Halloween is is long and vast, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's a little um little interview at, like, the start of the copy I have. I don't know if you've got the same one I do, but it's got bloody uh, David Goy and Christopher Nolan just basically saying, yeah, there's a lot of elements from this in uh, in Batman Begins and Dark Knight specifically. Yeah. Not so much Dark Knight Rises. That was more a mix of Nightfall, which is probably if you had to put number five on the Mount Rushmore, you'd put that. Um, yeah. And obviously Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I, th- I think um, if you were going to expand it to things apart from just graphic novels, you'd probably put like the Arkham games and mm. some of the more recent movies, like 89 movie, 
like being a big influence, but it kind yeah. of gets to the point where everything's sort of influencing each other, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think with '89, that was mostly just Tim Burton just doing whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I read that he read Killing Joke, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even he didn't follow that closely enough, really, because <laughs> he gave the Joker a, a real identity. But that's that's fine. What do you talk about? Back it's a different on. world back then, wasn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. No, I think well, Matt Rushmore was good, Dylan. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Glad you agree. We'll build it tomorrow, right next to the real Mount Rushmore. How's that for him? I mean, let's build it in Gotham City, I reckon. Oh, no. The dregs of society would just flock, mate. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Okay. Anyway, long Halloween. So, basically, the plot, if we could give a broad sense of it, basically focuses on Harvey Dent, before he becomes Two-Face, Commissioner Gordon, and Batman. That's the trio we're working with in this mm-hmm. one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and basically what they start out doing is they're working together to take down the Falcone crime family, basically like your, you know, classic mafia types, aren't they? They're very much in the comic, especially they are pretty much the Godfather-esque, aren't they? Well, I think in the movie they even just outright say, call him Godfather, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, That is true, yeah. <laughs> they're a bit on the nose, but that's okay. That's yeah. all right. Um, but it kind of turns that on its head when a serial killer starts appearing and killing members of the Falcone crime family, specifically on holidays. Mm-hmm. And so it turns into this detective story about Batman trying to find out who this serial killer is, uh, dubbed Holiday, uh, and of course catch them. And a fair chunk of the story, uh, especially the Harvey Dent Two-Face portions of it, they make up a fair bit of the Dark Knight, as we were saying before, I would say. Yeah, so if you've only ever seen, like, the Batman movies and even maybe only the ones with, you know, the Chris Nolan ones from a decade mm. or so ago, you're kind oh. of seeing the, the illusions there, aren't you? Very, very clearly, these three guys coming together and, yeah, one of them isn't going to make it out <laughs> in the same yeah. way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, obviously, you have Harvey Gordon and Batman all teaming up mm-hmm. in order to take down the mob. That's in the Dark Knight. Um, also have, reaching a bit, but you have the Joker... Causing a bit of a scene, a bit of a ruckus, if you will, in both stories. You do. Yeah, that's probably the one thing about The Dark Knight is that it, in terms of illusions or inspiration from The Long Halloween is that it becomes a Joker movie for a long part of it. But, like, that's fine. It's, it's not a strict adaptation. It's just very much no. inspired by. Just got elements, which is mm. fine. That's all you, all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously one of the obvious ones is you do see Harvey Dent become Two-Face. Yep, absolutely. Right. Also, that famous line of "I believe in Harvey Dent," ripped straight from the comic too. So yeah, so it, it, did it start here in Long Halloween? Yeah, I believe yeah. so, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's great stuff, mate. Yeah, and we haven't seen the new Batman movie, obviously, yet because it isn't out. But it seems like it's drawing upon similar influences too, from what I've seen. Like at least, well, the, at least Batman and working closely with the cops, you know. Yeah, and I was going to say, especially with it being mainly focused as a detective story. Yes. Which, God, it was needed. <laughs> Hasn't been done in live action before, which is... It would be nice for. to see the world's greatest detective be a detective, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, that's one thing. Can I get that out of the way while we're talking about it? Okay, sure. They have that on the head in the fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> they're like, hmm, you're not a very good detective yet, Batman, when he's talking to Gordon. Yeah. And then Batman in the cave, he's complaining to Alfred. He's like, oh... I didn't think I'd have to be a detective to do this. Like, like, isn't it your job to solve crimes? <laughs> yeah, like, Batman, you find crime. 
Didn't think I had to fight crime when I was fighting crime. <laughs> yeah. It's bullshit, Alfred. Didn't that be so much work being the Batman? <laughs> no, but well, that, that's one thing I suppose which is quite interesting in this is that, I don't know, how long has he been Batman for? A year? 18 months at most probably? Maybe a bit longer? Well, it's definitely after year one. I was, it's in, set in the early years, so I guess you could say... Let's say it's year three, Lonnie. Why not? Mm. Let's go with it. Let's roll. Yeah, okay, fair we're, enough. No, we're going to canonically make this year three <laughs> of Batman. Well, that's something I didn't quite realise, I don't think, or maybe I've forgotten it, that the comic is pretty much set in the year one universe. Like, obviously, there's all sorts of Batman continuities out there, but it's kind of very much thought to be a continuation of the year one storyline. Yeah, definitely. Like, the internal monologue throughout, um, which they don't do in the movies, which mm. is fine. They've mm. done that before. Um, like with Dark Knight, that's got probably the most famous internal monologue in the comic, and they didn't do that in the movie. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns, sorry, rather. Yeah. And, yeah, and it, it's very influential. It's very similar to what Frank Miller would write, as far as I can tell. Yeah. You also got Catwoman as a starring player, which he was in year one as well. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are you into the Catwoman, Batman, love angle? <sighs> I mean, sure, it, it's been done to death at this point, though, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, it's it's very good here, I think, but it's kind of, this is yeah, this is a good example of it, but maybe it's done to death outside of this, maybe we should do something different. Who are you saying Batman should be with? Someone else? Rocky someone? Rocky? Hey, <laughs> oh, Batman. <laughs> I watched you from afar for many years, I love you, man. I didn't know your slide was so good. Oh, thanks, man. Good Appreciate idea. it. Thank yeah. you. Um, no, not Rocky. I didn't say that. I can't remember who I said. I just think anyone else. Come up with a new character. Why not? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, the whole thing about Batman is that he can be anything. He can have all the different stories and they can all be good. You know, so give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go back to Vicky Vale. It's been a while since we've seen her, yeah, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Kim Basinger. Why not? Hmm. No, she wasn't good. Never mind. Anyway, let's talk about the book a little bit because uh, mm. you only flick through it because you're not dedicated uh, for the I podcast. Read it, I have uh, read it, John, so. Oh, okay. Quote it for me word for word right now. <laughs> How recent have you read it? Don't lie to me. A couple of years ago. Yeah, not good enough, yeah. eh? I went back and looked at the artwork because I was trying to compare that to what we see in the movie and it's not very similar. But that's, you know, that's kind of comes to territory, doesn't it? So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially with artwork of this... Uh, quality hmm. and what do you think of it you like it don't you i like the stylized version in the yeah. book you don't like it yeah you're a bloody shill aren't you <laughs> <laughs> nah just gaming uh, look i can definitely see how others would like it uh i personally love anytime it's a drawing of batman himself i think that's fantastic i think he looks great hmm. i just think any like regular person where hmm. you can actually see their eyes I just think it looks off, but that's just personally the people, like the shading and stuff, um, especially if he's drawing shadows and that. Um, who's the writer for this? Tim Sale, I believe. So I can definitely see how this would like. It just doesn't gel for me personally, but you know, yeah, art's subjective, isn't it, Lonnie? Well, that's the thing. Like, I like the, that they've done something different, so. Yeah, fair enough. Well, so you can ask for, isn't it? Yeah, unlike all the DC animated movies, which are pretty much the same style, aren't they? For the most no, part. they change over the years. Mm. Oh, 
Okay. Maybe you haven't seen it. Disagree? <laughs> well, I, mean, I think... Over the years they have, that's true, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, originally they were going off basically the like the animated series' styles, mm. pretty much. Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series. Mm. Um, once they delved into their own continuity, um, which is basically like that 16-movie run where they're basically doing an MCU thing mm. with DC... That had that own art style, which is probably the worst art style. Mm. Uh, but now they've, they've changed it up. They've gone with like a, a lot of people refer to it as like the Archer style of animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because it's got, you know, thick outlines mm. and that sort of thing. But I, I personally like it. I think it's really good. Yeah. Well, the one I watched last night in preparation, like I watched an old... Man of Tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I watched um, oh. All-Star Superman. <laughs> I knew that, it. Because I knew it. That's the one he said I couldn't watch. So that's why I watched it. Oh, I said watch it, and you're like, no. And then I'm like, fine, don't then. So I did. And then you did it. <laughs> Classic Lonnie. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of much in that, yeah, in the older school style. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah. Uh, but the book, no, pretty good, pretty good. But I'll talk about one of the main differences, and spoilers, because we do have to talk about the identity of the serial killer. So if you don't want to know, or if somehow you've abated it all these years, please turn off. Uh, never come back. We we don't want to hear from you ever again. Isn't that right, Lonnie? Good riddance, I say. Oh, thank you. Jesus. Someone finally said it. <laughs> you were brave enough to come out with it, Lonnie. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so basically in the book, it's, I don't know if you flick through the ending in your flickins, Lonnie. No, I did because I was a bit confused because I was like, I don't think his ending was the same as the, from the, in the movie yes. as in the book, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't. Yeah. So basically what happens is... The Falcone boss, uh, what's his name? Carmine? Carmine Falcone, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has a son called Alberto Falcone, who's portrayed as like a, you know, a bit of a wimp, um, not strong enough to take over the family business, that sort of jazz. At the end, uh, turns out he was the serial killer. But also turns out that it was also Harvey Dent's wife some of the time. Yeah, at least starting it off, right? Yeah. And her reasoning in the book is definitely not as solid as the movie. I think the movie improves the ending a whole bunch. Because in the book, she's just basically like, just wanted to make work life easier for my boy. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. I always I took that as her being kind of mentally ill. and Oh, really? And her seeing, like, you know, I've got this husband. I can never see him, so I'm going to help him. And if she's mentally ill, how can I help my, my husband who's trying to put away bad guys? I'll just kill them. Um, and then yeah. like, that's all sorted. But I can definitely see if the interpretation is that she's kind of fairly sane and it just wanted more time with her husband. Well, I mean, the, yeah. I read through it all. I mean, she didn't really come across as mentally ill, Ill mentally ill uh, until the end, obviously, when she murders people. Oh, yeah. Um, in the movie, though, it's definitely hinted at more, which is good. But. Yeah, in the book, it just comes out of left field a bit. Yeah, so I guess it's a good twist in that sense because it's not expected, but then also, yeah, does it actually make coherent sense? But I also think with mysteries, if the killer fakes their own death, that's kind of a cop-out because, mm. like, of course you're not going to suspect them. You think they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Which Alberto does. Um, and it's on New Year's Eve, same as the movie. 
Um, but in the book, he's just lying dead on the shore. I don't know how he faked his death. Doesn't go into it. Just fine. Doesn't have to. But yeah, not as good. But in the movie, Alberto gets shredded to pieces. <laughs> sure does. Uh, yeah, he gets like shot off a boat and then falls into the rotors and just gets mincemeated. Horrifying. It was. It was. I'm laughing because of just the outrageousness of it, not because I think that's funny. It's just. I think they, they really just wanted to. Oh, I think they just wanted to definitively say, "Look, the ending's <laughs> going to be different. It's not going to be Alberto. Look yeah. at him. Yeah. He is." He's particles in the ocean now. He's not even like sleeping with the fishes. He's he's fish food. He's exactly right. Sleeping in the fish's bellies. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. That's good. But you know, I like that. I like that. But mainly the plot. Think it's much better in the movie. Uh, I know yeah. you. Didn't... So so to to extrapolate that further, turns out that um, Harvey's wife Gilda and Alberto were lovers previously and had mm. even got married and were about to have a kid. But then when the when the crime godfather boss heard about it, he put it all to end, right? That, that's, yeah. that was her inspiration then. Yeah, he, he broke them up, forbid them from seeing each other and even like forcefully aborted her, which is horrifying. And, yeah. and that, see, that's a motivation that I can get on board with. That's how I can see someone wanting to just destroy a man's life that wronged her and everyone they love. And that's interesting then that she would go from, you know, being with the son of a crime lord to then being with the, the sort of going completely. Well, opposite. I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like just, you know, whiplash in the complete opposite direction. Yeah, totally. And if, if we still believe that she has some mental health issues, then that is oh, definitely. very much um, a part of that. You could, you could argue but she's that. traumatized, yeah. Exactly, and then she yeah, tries to find solace in somebody who's going to take on the mob, um, but then it yeah doesn't quite work out that way, does it? Well, no, it kind of does. <laughs> well, she does. Yeah, she does the job pretty much. Yeah, mm. I mean Harvey uh, takes the baton and finishes the race at the end, but you yeah. know that's all good. Yeah, but I've got a question for you, Dylan. In terms of this, I'm going mm. to bring it to our boy Calendar Man. Hello, Please. I was gonna gonna wait for a big build up to our boy, but you <laughs> just you. Throwing him in out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. My, my question is for you, and it's something I was Googling this morning. Yeah. In I think in both the book and the movies that we've we've seen, yeah. Calendar Man sort of hints that he knows what's going on with Holiday, right? Does yeah. he? Does he actually know or is he just causing shit? Um, I wanna think he's just causing shit. <laughs> okay. I think he's just pretending he knows mm. when he doesn't. Because you think he's all on top of everything and he's uh, very smart. Um, but at the end, because basically Two-Face flips a coin to let uh, see if he's going to let uh, Arkham inmates out of prison. Mm. And basically Calendar Man's the only one that gets left behind because he picks wrong. <laughs> and he's like, I said Eds, I said Eds. <laughs> Which is funny, but yeah, it just goes to show. No, he's kind of pathetic all along. He's just pretending to be in mm. the know. And he is kind but, of, if, he, if he's like historically been a bit of a joke villain, although in this maybe in, in this storyline, it is kind of hinted that maybe he's a bit more like a Hannibal Lecter, maybe he has done some more you know, serial killing stuff to end up in Arkham, or maybe he's just more of a, he's a, you know, outrageous, over the top supervillain, but not doing anything bad, but they put him in Arkham anyway. Um, but yeah, so maybe he was trying to 
big himself up, all of a sudden he's got Batman asking for his help, and so he sort of hints that he knows more than he actually knows. Is that what you think? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely think so, yeah. But also, they have, um, I think that's pretty much his character now, especially in the Arkham games as well. He's kind of a a really deranged serial killer guy that only strikes on holidays. Yeah, I like that. And they've kind of taken that inspiration, obviously, for the holiday killer in this, in the sense of like, you can't enjoy a holiday because you know the calendar man happen. or holiday in this mm. instance is going to be causing some shit on that day. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But exactly. Think, like, calendar man's obviously a bit of a joke villain in some ways. But that, that idea is quite interesting to me. Like Christmas is around, everyone's supposed to be happy and enjoying it. On New Year's Eve, everyone's going for a party, but then you're like, this is the day the killer strikes. We can't really enjoy ourselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. If calendar man's on the loose, um, there's always going to be that existential dread just leading up to what's supposed to be happy days usually yeah, i think that's cool yeah it's a very interesting idea i wish they do more with him but you know that's all right we'll, we'll get with it but i while we're on the ending i just want to say in the book she you find out gilda she's just like spouting off to no one in the basement basically yeah. um i don't know why she's confessing to no one well she's confessing to us the reader of the comic book i suppose mm. Uh, but in the movie, uh, and Batman actually goes to see her and she confesses directly to Batman. Hmm. Wasn't sure about that. What do you think? Well, that's fine. Here's my issue, Lonnie. He just leaves. <laughs> he, he just lets her get away with it. He's like, all right then. And then he's like, I just need to know that holiday's not going to strike again. Need to know that holiday's done. She's like, it is. And he just leaves. That, that seems like a very un-Batman move. Yeah, that kind of, I mean, if he's about something, he's about bringing criminals to justice, isn't he? So, Yeah, no matter what. I mean, he's known for his unwavering morality, uh, mm-hmm. whether it comes to men or women. Mm-hmm. He, he, will, he, will not, he is not sexist, Batman. He will punch men, he will punch women. Equal rights means equal lefts with Batman. <laughs> He'll put away Harley or absolutely or, or anyone, won't he? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Catwoman's doing something wrong. Doesn't matter if they're lovers, he'll put her in prison. But anyway, that's that's fine. But another thing about the ending, we'll say this. Did you watch the after credits? I don't think I did, Dylan. They just do the laziest MCU setup, and it's just, it's just not needed. Like I understand it's part of the new universe they're building, but just basically at the end, I read about this. What? Tell me what happens there. Tell me your impression. So basically. The doorbell rings at Wayne Manor, right? Yeah. Alfred goes to answer the door. Just flashing green arrow there. And Alfred's like, sir, I think it's for you. End. Like. That's nothing. It's so lazy. It's literally them turning up on his doorstep. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't like it. You know, it sounded a bit on an otherwise excellent couple of movies. So you're a big fan of these, eh? Yeah, definitely. Did you not like them overall? No, I did like them. Okay. I, what I liked especially about these, and which I think is something that these other DC animated films suffer from, is that they don't have enough time generally because they're only about 70 minutes or 75 minutes. Splitting it in two, telling the whole story over two movies, I think is really good. Mate, that's why Dark Knight Returns is one of, if not the best Batman movie of all time. Yeah. If you put one and two together, 
beautiful. And I think it's going to be the same with this because they are doing a deluxe edition of this thing early next year cool. as well. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say, just with the, the pacing and the direction, they just let scenes breathe, mm. which very rare in this comic book movie. Well, the one thing I would say is that because the original story was released in chapters, like every month, that's the way mm. it was originally, yep. I feel maybe this was a bit chapter-esque, like like more distinct little story oh. things happening. But then overall, I still liked it. So, And it has to be. I mean, it's a serial killer that strikes on holidays over a year. You're going to have lots of different chapters and it's going to go through the paces. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But can I just bring up a point? This stood out to me. So it's been both the book and the movie. So Batman, Catwoman, and Harvey Dent find like the millions and millions of dollars of mob money in a warehouse. Mm. And Harvey says to Batman, you know, a bit jokingly, maybe a little bit serious, you know, if we were any other men. And Batman just says very sternly, we're not. Fuck off, Batman. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Must must be easy to hand out life lessons life lessons to Harvey from the top of your billion dollar cash pile, mate. It's true. Like, come on. <laughs> I yeah, I hadn't thought of it in that sense, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to applaud his morals on that one. He's maybe never had to work a day in his life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> never gone hungry. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but you know, we got a fair few villains in this, don't we, Lonnie? We do. Um. And not as many as in the comic. I was, I was thinking about Ooh. this. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Riddler had a whole episode in the comics, didn't he? Which is quite funny from memory. Um, but yeah, yeah was... That, was, that was one of my points. I kind of wish that was in the movie. But I understand why it's not. Yeah. It doesn't really drive the plot forward. Because um, basically in the comic what happens is that Falcone basically like picks up the Riddler and kind of forces him to try and figure out who Holiday is because mm. he's killing his men. Uh, and Riddler can't do it. So he sends him away, kicks him out of the house, and then Holiday goes up to Riddler uh, and doesn't kill him. He basically shoots holes around him in the alleyway because mm. what Holiday was at Lonnie? April Fool's. Exactly. <laughs> and then the Riddler's like, on what day does a serial killer not kill? Mm-hmm. April Fool's Day, mate. Yeah, pretty funny. Exactly. And it's a cute little moment, but again, yeah, not necessary for the plot. No, uh, so we've got um, the Mad Hatter. Mm. Um, Scarecrow makes a good appearance. Yeah, um, definitely. I like that Scarecrow sequence. I thought it was mm. well animated, well directed. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Like, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, because, and because uh, he escapes on Mother's Day, mm. obviously what's on Batman's mind on that day of all days, Lonnie? Mm. He's his parents. Absolutely, his mother especially. And, mm-hmm. yeah, just starts freaking out. And, yeah, very sad scene, but very good one. Well, that's an interesting thing this maybe sort of draws upon is that, yeah, some of the decisions that Bruce's parents had to make, especially his dad, in sort of getting involved with the mob, but for a good cause. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because, like, Batman, obviously, he's built his whole life around defending his parents and, and avenging them and... and really much driven by them being the, the perfect people who were gunned down by criminals. And now he's got to think about, oh, maybe maybe they weren't the perfect idealised version in my mind. Well, no one's perfect, are they, Lonnie? No, and everyone's got to make decisions, especially in a, a city like Gotham. You've got to try and work with what you can, hey? 
Absolutely, which is what um, what Thomas Wayne did. What he built hospitals with Falcone's father, I believe. Um, mm. Also saved his son's life when he was shot. Yeah. So. And was was the impression? Was it, maybe I've, I've just read into this a bit more, but like, yeah, the hospitals were a good thing, obviously, but oh, it was also of kind of the mob were trying to launder at least the image, if not the money, through the hospitals. Is that? Uh, I think. Happening? I kind of think so, as well as like, it's kind of like. Um, Kind of like with the Yakuza, I guess. So with the Yakuza, I know, especially with the earthquakes that happened a while ago, mm. um, they contributed a lot to the rebuilding process and everything. So obviously to help their public image as well. Yeah. So yeah. that might have been what the mob were doing, yeah. I guess if you're trying to be charitable, you might say that <laughs> they need people around so they can make money and be criminals. You know, like if everyone's dying in the streets, they... They can't do that. So, oh, I mean, if you want to really <laughs> sinisterly read into it, yeah, I guess. Hospitals, yeah. That's some long game thinking, mate. Jesus. <laughs> well, good on community, you. you know, like if the, if the whole city goes well, to shit, they've got nothing. What's their empire? You know, that's that's exactly right. And that's another thing with the mob that I like is that they see, like, the you know all these freaks like Joker and Scarecrow and that they hate them. Like mm. they think they're ruining Gotham. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, we're the criminals here, not you guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just weird. What are you doing here? And that's cool. It's a cool transition period here for Batman because like, he's obviously got into the game to uh, get rid of organised crime, but then he keeps getting involved with yeah, the Joker and Scarecrow and Solomon Grundy all of a sudden he's got to deal with. like, Yeah, that, that's yeah. A kind of interesting uh, idea for Batman because, yeah, what's he doing here? Is he making it better or worse, which is, you know, Dark Knight. Well, that's question. one of the questions asked throughout the ages of Batman, isn't mm. it? Isn't mm-hmm. it? But speaking of Solomon Grundy, do you want to run everyone through a basic run-through of him? Because I'm sure not a lot of people would be familiar with Solomon Grundy. No, I'm, not, I'm not hugely familiar, but I've, been, sure. I've seen him in the games and on this. So he's like a undead man, right? Like a zombie, almost. Yeah, pretty much. I think um, he was killed a long, long time ago. Uh, and he, I think he fell into like a magic swamp or something like that. And yeah, so he's kind of been cursed to live forever, but he's not very happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Every time he dies, he comes back. Um, sometimes he comes back intelligent. Sometimes he comes back and he can only say uh, the rhyme of his namesake, mm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what he is in this. He's basically just, he's trying to live peacefully for the most part. He's just trying to live in the sewers and doesn't want to be bothered by anyone. Because when he turns up, it's basically Batman's chasing a uh, suspect through the sewers. Mm. And Grundy grabs him and Batman's like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, give him to me. We'll get out of here. We, we'll get out of your hair. We didn't mean to disturb you pretty much. Yeah, yeah and then Batman goes back later and gives him some dinner, oh, doesn't he? For the- mate, that is why I love Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he recognises that Solomon Grundy, he didn't ask for any of this. Mm. Um, he's not causing trouble currently, so you know what? Christmas dinner's on Batman. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting for Batman because, yeah, he's trying to balance Gotham, essentially, isn't he? And you see this guy could be a villain, but he's like, you know what, maybe doesn't have to be. He's living his life. That's been nice yeah, for him. For sure, for sure. And that's the thing about Batman. He is one of the most empathetic characters yeah, ever made. He has trouble saying, showing that sometimes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Surface level, he's, he definitely comes across as not. But deep down, my man cares. Deeply cares. What's the question I've got here for you, Dylan? It's kind of relevant now. Yeah. Do you like Batman better 
when he's a god, like he's fighting gods on Mars and stuff, <laughs> or when he is just bringing down the mob in Gotham. I think both have their places. Hmm. I think um, probably my preference would be him working alone if I had to, if you put a gun to my head hmm. and said, hey, do you want Batman with the Justice League or on his own? I'd say on his own. Um, just because it's more intimate stories and they're generally more character-based. Um, but, you know, I, I'm i not above watching Batman punch Darkseid in the face, you know. I'll, I'll take that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes back to what I was saying is that, yeah, Batman can be anything. He can be the silly 60s version or he can be this really dark version here with serial killers. I think Mate, there's place for everything, isn't there? Mate, he's lasted 80 years for a reason. Yeah, so I think I've, I'm with you. I'd probably prefer Batman just to be in Gotham, sorting out crime. But then, yeah, every now and then, it's not so bad to get him in his, his like, grey and blue suit and go off into space. Like, that's cool too, you know. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it also lends with, like, a fish-out-of-water situation. Like, he's pretty much the only normal guy on the Justice League most of the time, especially mm. with, like, the Core 7. Um, So, yeah, you know, you get a lot of... Uh, and it's mostly... He can be played for humour too, kind of as like the straight man with the Justice League because a lot of them will joke around and quip. Mm. And you kind of need Batman there as like a serious role. Yeah, and I think we've said this before in the podcast, like Batman's great by himself, sometimes great when the Bat family is there, sometimes you don't want them, you just want Batman and Robin potentially be doing stuff together. So I think there's there's room for everything. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, preference overall, I'd say stories like this. Um, but yeah, anything else that stood out to you in the movie or the book that you flicked through, mate? Well, one question I had for you is that yeah. this series had a sequel called Dark Victory. Mate. Have you read this? Oh, do you not remember our history with this, mate? No, what's what, what that go? So didn't you and I go to the comic book store for one of our first times? This is one of the first books I ever bought was Dark really? Victory. Really? So I bought Dark Victory and I believe you bought Haunted Night. I'm pretty sure. Which one's Haunted Night? Uh, it's like the orange one with like Scarecrow and that on it. I think it's multiple stories. Look, that could have been me. It could have been someone else, Dylan. I'm pretty sure it was you. I mean... Do you not have that book? I don't, I didn't have that book. Maybe I bought something else that day. Nah, I swear you bought that one. Mm. Okay. It was you. I'm My not, head I'm, cannon, it's you. I'm not Jerry, okay? I'm not... <laughs> it wasn't Jerry. I'm it wasn't Jerry. Friends, it was you, I swear. <laughs> Was this the store up in Toowoomba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's one of the first books I ever bought. And I did read that before Long Halloween. So I was very confused. I didn't know what was happening. Because <laughs> um, it starts off with... I was hit in the face with Calendar Man. I was hit in the face with Holiday. Um, apparently Harvey Dent had just become Two-Face, which I hadn't seen. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Get ready to like, it'll make sense soon enough. <laughs> and it didn't really. <laughs> It didn't. But, you know, it's still good. And in the context, after having read Long Halloween, mm. I really like it. It's uh, got the first time that Stick Grayson becomes Robin in the new canon, I believe. I think it's post-crisis is what they refer to. Okay. Could be wrong. There's been a lot of resets of the universe mm. over the years, but, yeah. It's the thing about the DC universe. If you don't like it, just wait a couple years. Yeah, they'll change. reset it. Absolutely. <laughs> And then you can just go back and read whatever one-offs you want to at that point because none of it will matter in the end. Yeah. Just stories. Just yeah, chill out, you know. Um, with with Dark Victory, I haven't read it myself, but I've read that it's maybe not as well regarded. Is that no. because it's not as good or is that because 
Long Halloween is so good that nothing else will compare to it. You know? I think it's that. I don't think it's a situation of... Um, have you read uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again? I haven't read that. I've been sort of put off by some of the things I've seen of it, though. Yeah, I don't think it's that situation where you have, like, one of the best Batman comics of all time, aka Dark Knight Returns, uh, and then you go on to make Dark Knight Strikes Again, which is just absurd nonsense. Uh, It's still good. It's serviceable, Dark Victory. Mm -hmm. And I quite like what it is. And I'm probably nostalgic for it. But that's me. I'm allowed to be. Yeah, fair enough. Who's going to tell me I can't be, Lonnie? You? I'd like to see you try. I wouldn't tell you that, Dylan. You better not. I'm nothing but pleasant to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, I do want to shout out uh, a lot of the people who worked on this movie. Mm. I want to talk about Wes Gleason, the voice director and voice cast director. Okay. Uh, I think he's doing a stellar job. Nowadays, what do you think? Yeah, I thought the voice casting was great, actually, in, in performances. Because um, there was... Andrew Romano was for very long the DC animated person for voice direction. Mate, can I just say, mm-hmm. I think she was the secret weapon yeah. of DC for yeah, years. I think so, too. Uh, like, who has she cast over the years? I think she cast bloody Mark Hamill as Joker. Yeah. Uh, I think she also did... Um, Kevin Conroy is Batman. Yeah, she was there for a long time, wasn't she? For all that that golden run of the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, and she did a lot of the DC animated movies as well. Some of the mm-hmm. best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, she did Under the Red Hood, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Believe you me. Uh, <laughs> Dark Knight Returns. Just the genius. Can I just say, the genius of casting RoboCop as an older grizzled Batman. Yes. Mm-hmm. I cannot <laughs> make that chef's kiss last any longer. <laughs> top three Batman voices. Top three, Lonnie. Who, who are you other two? Kevin Conroy, obviously. Obviously. Is one of them. Peter Weller's number two, mm-hmm. I will say. Three. God, probably say Bruce Greenwood. Oh, yeah. He was Batman in Under the Red Hood, and he's been Batman in Young Justice. Yeah, yeah, he I plays think... a kind of like a middle-aged Batman, doesn't he? Yeah, kind of. He's been yeah. through some shit, but not all of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's in another movie as well recently. I can't remember, mm. but yeah. Yeah, that's my top three, mate. So, okay, do you like the cast here, though? Yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. mate. Jensen Ackles, I think he killed it as good. Bruce I'm Wayne and Batman. I thought you were worried before when you were like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, good. Mate, I'm so happy he's come back to DC because he was a Red Hood in Under the yeah, Red Hood. Yeah. And he did fantastic in that movie. And it's one of the best. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll absolutely, we will. Yes, we will, <laughs> mate. Yes, we will. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy he's back. And I'm assuming with this being an ongoing continuity, I'm praying that he's going to stay as Batman for all That'd these future movies. Because mm. he's really good. Is Bruce Wayne probably not quite as nuanced as it could be? Um but, you know, he's got time to work on it. There's a bit of star power with Josh Jamal as, as Two-Face. And he did fantastic as well. Yeah. Can I say that? I, there's one thing I'll say about Two-Face while we're talking about him. Yes. I love in these stories, before he comes Two-Face, like they always like put in references to like two or things being one side or the other, like lots of references mm. to yeah, dual identity. Like, and, and sometimes it, it's a bit like shoving your face, but other times I'm like, oh, I'm loving this because they're having fun with it, you know? <laughs> 
Absolutely, I agree. And another thing that I love is that a lot of the times, well, not a lot of the times, but when they do do Two-Face Origins, because I think they did this in the animated series, they've done it here mm. as well. Uh, early on, you can see that it doesn't just come out of nowhere when he becomes Two-Face, yes. right? There's some underlying shit with him. Um, I, I think in the animated series, he did have a split personality when he's young. He's a bit schizophrenic. Mm. Um, and he's tried to cure that over the years and work on it. But, you know, just eventually time gets to him, the job gets too much, and <laughs> I think in the animated series, his alter ego is called Big Bad Half. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. Some of the best episodes of the animated series. And isn't he dating Poison Ivy before she becomes Poison Ivy? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was in an episode before this. That's That was another great thing about the animated series. They had Harvey Denyon. Before he became Two-Face, mm. which is good stuff. Mm. And that's what they've done here. There's a little aspects. He's a bit unstable. Um, and I like that they played with it too because at one point his house gets blown up mm. uh, and he's in the hospital bed. You see a few scenes and it's kind of covering half of his face in shadow. Yep. And right you're thinking, right. oh, he's Two-Face already. Nah, they switch it on you. And yeah, no, just great stuff. I think he did fantastic, um, especially when he features, uh, sorry, switches to Two Face. He changes up the voice, which I think you need to do. Yeah, I think so. Beautiful. Um, the worst Two Face is still Tommy Lee Jones of all time. I'll say that. Barely Two Face, hey, like uh, the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the, even then. <laughs> yeah, not a good Joker, even. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just, just, yeah. Anyway, if we ever talk about Batman Forever, we'll discuss that. Fair enough. Uh, who else we got? We got Troy Baker as Joker, who is always a solid go-to when Mark Hamill's not available. Yes, I think Mark Hamill's kind of, he's... um He's semi-retired. He, yeah. You know what? He comes back for the weirdest shit with Joker. <laughs> like, obviously, I think if you remember this at the time, Arkham City came out. Mm. And Mark Hamill had basically said, okay, I think that's it for me with the Joker. That was a beautiful swan song, which it was. Mm -hmm. It was a fantastic performance. It's a good ending, yeah. He has come back. I think this was after. If it wasn't, I apologize. He has been Joker on Robot Chicken. Odd choice. (laughs) I love it, but odd choice. He's come back as Joker in The Killing Joke. Yeah. Which I understand he has always said that he wanted to do the killing joke. Hmm. And for better or worse, it happened. Yeah, it's got a bad rep. I didn't mind it, but I'm not hugely tied to the original story. So I am. It's one of my favorites. Uh, But, you know, we'll discuss this quickly. But killing joke. I always skip 40 minutes in. One of the best short films DC's ever made. The problem is that they just inserted this weird Batman, Batgirl sexual relationship in the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah, which isn't really the character, is it? It's very, very strange. Yeah, and like we've been saying, Batman can be anything. You can have different interpretations, but... Eh, kind don't, of sleep, like... don't sleep with your sidekicks. That's yeah. the one off, I'd exactly. say. Exactly, yeah. Um, Especially in so... that story, because then obviously awful things happen to her afterwards, and it's kind of set up that that's why Batman's so mad about it. Uh, he would be mad regardless. We They don't need to have sex for him to yeah. be upset that just, his sidekick was violated. His friend was violated. And he's one of his, his most trusted friends, colleagues, like daughter as well. Like just, it's Absolutely. Very, very yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing too. I didn't even, rem- oh, I didn't even think of that. You slept with his friend's daughter. Yeah. Gross. 
No, not on. Yeah, not on. Think about it. I'm not sure I like that one, actually. (laughs) As I said, I saw it at the movies originally. What did you? Oh, yeah. And that first 20 minutes, the whole theater was just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Yeah, because that would have been fans, yeah. Yeah, so you got to really got to put that aside, all those things, I suppose, to try and get through that or, or just skip and it. <laughs> I, I do. Every time I just go, scene selection, where are we starting from? That's where the comic begins. Beautiful. And it's great. But anyway, we digress. Who else we got in this movie, Lenny? Well, I thought Billy Burke was pretty good as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, serviceable. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Commissioner Gordon, a bit of a thankless role sometimes, Commissioner Gordon. Uh. How dare you? Pat Ingle, mate. How how could you dare say that there's a thankless role? Pat, the the only <laughs> Gordon who would never be able to catch a criminal. <laughs> the most inept <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Uh, just gives Poison Ivy the keys to yeah. the fucking yeah. bat signal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah, he's he did fine. Uh who else we got? We got um sadly. Uh, the late Naya Rivera. I hope I was, I'm saying that right. I was very sad to read about that, Dylan. I didn't. I think I'd heard of, about her um, sad death. Yeah, no, she was really good. So, yeah, I, I was the same as you, mate. I had heard of the incident of the uh, the Glee star obviously drowning to save their kid. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was her until I looked it up. But yeah, no, she did really good as Catwoman slash Selena Kyle. Uh, I think. She, in the top upper echelon, I would say, of Catwoman performances. Yeah. Bit of a weird thing with Glee, isn't there? Lots of different people have died God, on the show. Or that's very weird, isn't afterwards. it? Yeah. yeah. Very weird show in general, too. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, who we got as calendar man, mate? It's only got uh, David Dalsmalschian. Mate... DC must love him, don't they? <laughs> he's having a good time, isn't he, recently? He's bloody loving it, mate. Because <laughs> he was in Dark Knight. He was like that uh, like that mental patient that escaped from Arkham Yeah, that Harvey was uh, flipping the coin with. He's got the face for that, hasn't he? 
That's him. Psycho face, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who else has he been? I think he was a voice acting in another role in DC. Yeah. But obviously, most recently and most famously, Polka Dot Man, Suicide yeah. Squad. And, and had a great time in that too. Mate, he loves it. Loves it over at DC. Yeah. He must have had it not great at Marvel because he's only been there once, as far as I can tell. What was that in Marvel? He was in Amy. He's one of um, Airman's friends. Okay. Yeah. I'll take you both for it. <laughs> Please do. Why would I make that up? Why would I go back and check? What? Yeah, don't. <laughs> like, it was fine for what it was, but, yeah. you know. They're very much on the bottom of the pile for me. I know you don't like Ant-Man 1. I'll agree with you, Ant-Man 2 is fucking awful, but, you know, I, I didn't mind Ant-Man 1. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, great cast all around, I reckon. Yeah, and obviously not as A-list as something like Invincible, for example, but for a direct-to-video bloody movie. Yeah, exactly. And you were saying before, these movies generally make about, what, $5 million each or something? So they're not like... Huge. At the minimum. Between 5 mm. and 10, usually. Mm. Yeah, and they often... Like, sometimes they get, a, they get a release in cinemas, but often it's it's just a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-streaming sort of... or straight-to-online, so... Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be attracting the top tier necessarily, but I think no. it's a pretty, pretty solid performance all around. Um, especially for one of, you know, if anyone knows anything about Batman stories, this is the one you want to be part of, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mate, I'm diving deep into the rabbit hole of our friend David. He's on The Flash as well. Oh, is he really? He has a villain called Abracadabra. Oh, well, bloody hell. Oh, goodness, Lonnie. He's in Gotham. Lonnie? He's been around the block, hasn't he? DC loves him. Yeah. They can't get enough. He's got that classic DC face. I guess, sure. If that's a thing, why not? <laughs> no, very, very impressive um, voice casting. Um, would you want to be a voice actor or a real actor, Dylan, if you had the choice? I say real actor. Uh, like, <laughs> like voice acting, but you know what I mean, like a, a non uh, Excuse me, some actors say voice acting is more difficult than real acting, so yeah, shut up. That is true. How dare you? Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say voice acting because you can turn up and whatever you want. Yeah, you can do it from wherever generally as well. Yeah, if you've got the good setup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can do much more as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. A season of a TV show in a couple of weeks rather than having to film for months and months. For sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, for instance, I, when I saw, because I watched part one first, obviously, <laughs> of The Long Halloween, um, and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and, and I saw, uh, you know, in loving memory of Naya Rivera as mm. Catwoman, I was like, oh, no, I don't know who they got for the second part. But they got her as well. She must have done it all at the same time, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't realize they only released like a month apart. Yeah, they're very recently. Yeah, I mean, if you're not? gonna do that, just do one big movie. That is a good. Well, I guess you could. But you can't charge. Yeah. Well, exactly, <laughs> can't charge sixty dollars for one animated movie, can you? Yeah. You'll charge thirty for a piece. That's how they get you, Lonnie. They, they've got us good, Dylan. Not only are they doing that, but I'm assuming they're going to charge thirty for this deluxe edition. So they're making bank on this one. They've they've got you three times, Dylan. Oh, uh, not quite. Cool. I'd only rented these oh, right. parts. Yeah, me too. But I will buy the deluxe edition for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else standing out to you in the movie, mate, that you want to discuss? No, I, I just would recommend it for sure. Highly. Yeah. 
I think the book and the movie, because I don't, we didn't touch on. I think it's Tim Sheridan that wrote the script for the movie. Yeah. Um. He, there's a lot of different stuff about the movie and the book, and I think he kept what he needed to mm. for the movie, like the most iconic stuff he kept. Uh, everything else, he put his own spin on it, and I think he did really well. Yeah, you're never going to be able to directly transfer a really long, involved well, story. Well, what do you Dark mean? Knight Returns. Well, that's true. That's yeah. basically a straight adaptation for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, there's always going to be yeah, yeah. adaptations, and yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was true to the spirit, and mm. that's the main thing that we worry about. Hey, eh? absolutely, absolutely, mate. No here. I'm just seeing if he's. I'm pretty sure he's written other stuff. Okay. He he wrote the Death and Return of Superman, which is also great movies as well. Okay. Uh, wrote Man of Tomorrow, which is fantastic as well. He's been the go-to guy of recent years, eh? Seemingly, at least the last couple. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good on him. I reckon. Good gig. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, uh, nine out of ten. Yeah, I reckon give nine out of ten too. Good on you, mate. If only to not have an argument, no. <laughs> no, for sure. Really good stuff. And we'll talk about the new movie, the other movies in a moment, but I think if you have to watch some, like as a first sort of teaser, probably go to the, the two-parters because you get a lot more story content. Ooh, I don't know, but then will the Barbie raise so high? Mm. That's the issue, Lonnie. Well, okay, well, what should we get into it then? All right. This is just a big joint get amongst it. Yeah. Who knows how long it's going to go for, people? There's been so many DC animated movies over the years. Like 40-something, right? Like it's... Oh, my God, at least. Yeah. At least, if we're counting every single one. Um, and I've seen probably 90% of them. I don't know how many, how many you've seen. Oh, probably not that many, but I've seen... Okay, of the Batman ones, I've probably seen... You probably, you, you've seen the greatest hits. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I haven't delved as deeply as you, but I've I've seen a fair few, and oh. you know it's, I have a few. I had a few on DVD already. I remember back when Batman vs Superman came out, theaters, um, dark times. <laughs> wasn't a great time for a Batman fan, was it? No, not particularly. But we've moved on. We've recovered since then. Well, the good thing was that um, a lot of the, the animated movies were on DVD for fairly cheap, so I picked up a whole bunch then. And then last year. Oh, come Somebody on. I know. Don't do this. A very handsome man I know. Don't do this. Don't call me out. Don't, don't embarrass me, mate. Come on. <laughs> a friend of mine who I won't name. <laughs> I can name no, him. name him. Okay. Yeah, name him. <laughs> no, Dylan um, gave me a bunch as well that, that I hadn't had on DVD because didn't you get like a big collection or something and so you had some double ups and you're like, yeah. I'm going to give it to my best friend. So. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, basically, like, uh, I bought this, like, big Batman animated box set of Blu-rays um, because it had, like, two or three that I really wanted and couldn't really find anywhere. Yeah. Some of the older ones, like Mystery of the Batwoman and Mask of the Phantasm and that. Oh, yeah, and, and may as well get them in a big pack as well if you can, eh? Well, yeah, and a lot of the ones that I already had were only on DVD and mm. I was in the middle of upgrading to Blu-ray for most of the films I really liked, so I just thought, why not? 80 bucks. For like, I think it was like twelve Blu-rays. Yeah, that's that's a good deal. It's a no-brainer, Lonnie. It's a hell of a deal, uh, mate. And then I got to give the joy to my friend Lonnie as well. 
You sure did. And then last night, I was going to go back and re-watch watch some of the ones you gave me that I hadn't seen already. Mm. But then I decided to piss you off by... Having a nap. <laughs> no. I watched All-Star Superman and then I had a nap, yes. That's all right. That doesn't piss me off. But speaking of, I'm assuming that's one you want to talk about. All-Star Superman? Yeah, so I like that. I, I really love the, the graphic novel. Mm. Um, it's one Mate. of the best Supermans, isn't it? If not the best, I nearly say. Yeah. I nearly say, yeah. I think the adaptation was was faithful, but just because of the length, it didn't go as deep as I think it could have. Now, Lonnie, I'm just going to jump in here and tell me if I'm remembering this wrong. But the movie did not have that iconic scene with that um, troubled teenager that was going to kill themselves because no. their doctor saying they were late. Yeah, uh, and then Superman goes after them like he really was late, and then gives her a hug. That is one of the most iconic Superman panels. Panels, yeah, of all time. Wasn't in the movie, unfortunately. No. That is sacrilege, Lonnie. Yeah. I feel like if it was made today instead of 2011, it would have be definitely in there. But I guess mm, just a bit might have been made it a two-part, all right? It would have been, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was pretty faithful to the spirit again of of that yeah. all-star Superman storyline. Um, uh, definitely, I, I do love it a lot. That movie, yeah. um, and especially that graphic novel. Yeah. Um, under Under the Red Hood, Dylan. We've mentioned that a few times already. Are you done with All Star Superman? <laughs> yeah. Well, don't even uh, want to let the people know what it's about a well, little bit. Okay. Well, Superman um, is dying essentially. He's yep. been um, exposed to too much sunlight, and so his cells are, are basically destroying themselves. And mm. so he's sort of he's got a limited period of time to sort of set everything right before he's to pass away. So just for context, everyone, basically how these were written is that DC went to these writers and were like, hey, you can do whatever you want mm. with Superman. Don't worry about continuity. Just do whatever you want. And that's hence why he's dying. Of yeah, like some totally, cancer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different, it's like a one-off sort of special. Yeah. And written by the great Grant Morrison, who has written so many amazing comics over the years. They're a great writer. Just absolutely wonderful. Oh, it's they, are they? Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm. I didn't know. Well, there you go. Mm. Uh, also wrote Red Sun, I believe, as well. Yeah, well, I actually haven't watched that movie yet, but it's in my, it's in my queue, I think, Dylan, for the movie uh, adaptation. I haven't watched the movie. You've read the comic, though, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, yeah, it's also a man that he sort of, in this universe, he hasn't revealed himself to lowest yet and he's sort of got some mm. of the things he wants to sort of sort out and yeah it's very good it's, it's very sad but then lots of unfinished business with lex Luthor. if you're into that so that's all good yeah um, but I'd, I'd probably like if you're not bothered about reading graphic novels the movie's fine but if yeah. you want to get the full experience i think that's what definitely i would prefer to to read the book yeah definitely definitely uh, i reckon watch the movie first and if you like what the movie's about Read the book because it's even better. Yeah, well, yeah, even fair better. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, so that's your first one, Lonnie. Mm. Now we're going to go with the greatest Batman film of all time. Okay. And that is Batman Under the Red Hood. You reckon it's the best, do you? Uh, 100%. It's not even a question. Yeah. It's my personal favourite. Let's say that. Let's not call it the best objectively. I um I'm with you though. It's very, very good. And it blew me away. It was so dark the first time I watched it. Like that first scene especially, like, oh my 
God, what's well, going on here? With how I was introduced to this, Lonnie, let me say this. Um, basically, I had pre-ordered Arkham City mm-hmm. from EB Games. Uh, I really wanted the collector's edition, which came with like a statue and some DLC and an art book and that. Uh, they had run out of those. All they had left was a pre-order for a steel case and they threw in a DVD for a movie called Batman Under the Red Hood. And I was like, you know, fine. I like steel cases. I guess I'll take a free movie. Why not? And I think that was the greatest mistake I've ever made because that basically introduced me to the DC animated universe in movie form anyway. <laughs> and what a way to jump in. Wow, I just imagine you putting this on when you're, you're a teenager. It's like, I was watching it expose and then, wow, mind blown. Yeah, I think I'd sat on it for a few months too. I think I finished the game first oh, really? and I might have just been thirsty for Batman content and I'd yeah. already watched um, 89 Batman Returns, all that jazz. And I mm. thought, oh, why not? I got this. Let's see what it's like. Uh, and it's incredible. Um, so the start, anyway, you were saying, what happens in the movie, Lonnie? It just the Joker becomes scary, basically, which isn't always the case with him because he's so overexposed. And is that thing about if you're the Batman's greatest villain, it also means you're the Batman's like most defeated villain. You know? What I mean? Yeah, you're the Batman's <laughs> punching bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but essentially, you know, I won't get to go into huge detail, but he Lincoln. kills Robin. Yeah, he kills the second Robin, mm. um, which is Jason Todd, who replaced the original Dick Grayson. Yeah, and, and Batman is desperately trying to get there to, to save him, oh, but he just can't. And Mate, that start, it's so tense, isn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, sometimes just... we're saying like the, the Joker is a joke, like, ha, 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 but like he is someone who's not really there to be serious. But every now well, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to be straight up a murderer. Yeah, which is what he is at the end of the day. He's a psychotic murderer. Mm. And yeah, definitely put front and center in this movie. Um, but basically the crux of it is that happens at the start mm. and then five years later, uh, he somehow comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he finds out that Batman did not avenge his death, uh, he basically starts like a, a war in Gotham to prove that Batman's morals are questionable and not enough to basically save the city. And he's got a point, I might say. <laughs> like, well, as most villains, as most great villains do, Lonnie. Yeah. Absolutely. There's that great monologue. I'm just going to spoil it now. So if you're really interested, don't do it. But really, this remember- better not be the scene in the apartment at the end because I will cry if this is the monologue, Lonnie, as well, I have many times. There's the bit where the Red Hood, as he becomes known, Jason Todd says, mm. some, there's a word to the effect of, if you were ever going to break your one rule, I thought it would be, be for me. If, is that what I'm getting at? Uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's. I can't do it justice, no. but he's he's basically like if if the Joker if he had taken you from me, mm. I would have done nothing except search the world for this basically piece of shit and put him out of his misery and send him yeah. to hell. Um, and I thought you would have done that because he he took me away from you exactly, and you yeah. didn't. Yeah, yeah. And that is so effective because played by Jensen Ackles. There you go. Incredible, incredible. He just, he's magic, Lonnie. He just gives this perfect performance of a a cocky, unstable, just emotionally damaged person who in his mind just feels betrayed by basically the one decent person in his life. Mm -hmm. 
And you can definitely see where he's coming from, even though that is a very twisted way of looking at the world. Mm. Um, but you can kind of see, like, if you're living in a world of villains and heroes, like, yeah, your hero doesn't seem like much of a hero if he doesn't avenge you like that. Yeah. Argued. Mm. No, absolutely. Uh, and again, voice cast, fantastic. I uh, mentioned Bruce Greenwood before. Turns in a very, very good Batman in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, also got Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing. It works. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Odd choice, but yeah, it does work. Uh, but I do want to bring attention. John DiMaggio. Yeah, one of the best, eh? Absolutely. Voice acting Hall of Fame, without mm-hmm. a doubt. And we got many over the years. You got Finn the Dog. You got Bloody Bender from Futurama. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. But he gives, I believe, the most underrated Joker performance of all time. Would you agree? Well, I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't know about underrated, Dylan. I think it's pretty well rated for me, but you're right. He's not personally known as a yeah. Joker, is he? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, and he has, yeah, and I don't th- really think he's come back to do it again. Yeah. It's kind of a once-off. Same. But, uh, yeah, it's fantastic because he doesn't give a Mark Hamill impression, which big points from me because... You need to make the joke your own. Don't yeah. just do a Mark Hamill impression yeah, yeah. because you will not stand up to the man. <laughs> Troy Baker. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit rude. He's he's good. He's good. Um, but yeah, he just it's not a like high-pitched <laughs> type of joker. It, it's a very sinister, as you said, darkly comical joker. Yep. And he nails it. I think even Mark Hamill's quoted as saying he really loved it and that was fantastic. Mm, there you go. Yeah, and the movie's just the perfect version of that story um, because there's a lot of stupid shit surrounding it in the comics as well. Like when Jason Todd actually dies in the comics, when was that? In like 70s, mid-70s? 80s maybe? I don't know, yeah. Yeah, and it's basically straight after he dies, Joker becomes like the UN ambassador for Iran and gets like diplomatic immunity. Oh, great. So, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Mm. Um, and then Jason actually comes back to life in the comics because uh, Superboy Prime was punching reality and that reverberated. The comics are dumb, people, if you didn't know. <laughs> they can be really stupid sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, no, this one gets to the meat and potatoes of it, mm. which is just Red Hood challenging Batman's morals. Yeah, great stuff. And it's, it's one that sort of resonated through other Batman stories, which is kind of an indication of when something's good, hey? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got another one for us, mate? I want to speed run through a couple. Oh, okay. Um, just some fun ones. We'll see. Uh, Batman and the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't seen that, so... Oh, yeah, you know. It's one of the few I haven't seen. That's in my 10% I haven't watched. Okay, we'll get around to it sometime, but it's... It's what it is. It's fine. <laughs> it's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. No, good stuff. Um, the New Frontier. So that's when they, they're back in the 50s. I remember that. Oh, quite good. One of okay. the early ones from memory. Yeah, I think from this new... I think it started with Superman Doomsday. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that was the second one, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, I haven't seen it for a long time. It's on my list there, Dylan, and you gave it to me, so good on you. Um, but year one yeah. being a very good adaptation of that storyline from memory. Mm, it is. Okay. I, I I like it for the most part. It does do the internal monologue. Yeah. Which can be hit or miss. Brian Cranston, I believe. 
that's the hit part. Is <laughs> Brian Cranston as Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, um, excellent. Yeah, one of the greatest Gordon performances of all time, right up there with bloody um, uh, Gary. Gary, you know, that's the man. That's him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember his last name. It's going to say Gary Freeman. Don't know why. But anyway, um, yeah, no, Brian Cranston, great. And don't know if you knew this, Lonnie. Um, he was initially pitched that, and he said no straight away without reading the scripts. Because uh, he still thought Batman was the dumb sixties stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Uh, but then once he read the script, he was like, "Oh, okay. No, this is awesome. Let's do it." Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's great. Brian Cranston's Commissioner Gordon. That's awesome. Uh, the guy that got to play Batman is not a very good Batman voice. Oh, okay. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, others might disagree. But. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a while, so I can't speak to that. But I remember, I think maybe I'm just remembering how good Brian Cranston was. I can't remember much else. True, true. And it's half, it's half Gordon's film. Uh, it's basically yeah. how Batman Year One's pretty much about how Batman and Gordon arrive in Gotham City after years, pretty much, and start mm. trying to clean it up, really, and eventually learn to work together by the end of it. Yeah, good stuff. Um seeing because i want to call that guy out by name that lead actor Get ready oh where are you mate ben mckenzie how dare you how dare you not put enough effort into this uh he was he was gordon on gotham if for those who yeah, don't know i was, I was gonna say okay interesting hmm. what else you got dylan uh dark knight returns mate yeah yep touched on it before yep Incredible. Um, I would say, personally, Red Hood's my favourite, but me and Dark Knight Returns is bloody up there. Another two-parter is good. Yes, yes. I I have the deluxe version, so I've got it all in one movie. Um, And it's fantastic. It's like two and a half hours long, same as any normal live-action Batman movie Mm. would be. Uh, Incredible. As I said, Peter Weller is fantastic as Batman. Um, Frank Miller's best work of all time, who wrote the original graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And who else we got? Bloody Ben Linus from Lost. Whoever, it must have been Andrea Romano. Genius move to cast him as the Joker. You, you haven't seen Lost, though, have you? I haven't seen Lost. So that, that, okay. that reference is lost on me. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I, I believe in you, Dylan. Okay, good, good. For those who've watched Lost, you know. They're like, oh, Ben Linus is Joker. That's incredible. You're right. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and who we got? Uh, old love from Modern Family. Um, the second daughter of Phil and Claire. Oh, really? Who's she? Oh, she's the... She's Carrie Kelly That's as right. Robin. Yeah, very good. First female Robin, I believe, in mm. comics, well, I think. Ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a shame she's an Elseworld. Mm. I reckon she'd be good in main continuity. Well, Dylan, of all hmm. these films we've spoken about today, only one of them was ever referenced in one of my film school classes. And it was Dark Knight Returns Part 1. <gasps> really? Yeah, How my, so? My, my screenwriting um, tutors played a scene, and I think, I believe it is a scene in the first film, or the first part of the film, um, where, where older Bruce yes. and older... Um, Gordon have a chat. In are they having a drink or are they on yeah, the roof? Having a drink, yeah. And I, don't, I can't remember really what it was referring to. I think it was just like good dialogue, which you know, yeah, yeah. It's great dialogue. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just talking about like 
how Gotham City's a bit fucked up now because there's a new gang running amok. Um, That's pretty much the crux of the story is that Gotham's gotten so bad out of hand while Batman's retired. Um, He can't contain himself anymore and just has to come back. Even though he's like in his 50s and 60s and his body isn't what it used to be. I want to say he's mid-50s at the least. Okay. Because I would feel horrible... If there is a 95-year-old Alfred still running around that mansion, washing his clothes, making his dinner, massaging him, treating his wounds, give the man a fucking break. Like, even if he's 80, poor bugger, he's paid his dues. Yeah, let him retire. Absolutely. He can afford someone else to come in. You You can find someone else you can trust, I'm sure. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, that's probably my only nitpick of it. Or, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic couple movies. Um, whether you watch them in two parts or you watch the deluxe edition, you're going to have time of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't touch on this either. Batman versus Superman in that movie, right? Yeah. pretty. Yeah. And much better than what we saw in 2016. A million times better. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Makes sense in this movie. One. Yeah, for, for, for the most part, Superman's a bit out of character, but well, Frank Miller doesn't like Superman, and also it's an Elseworld story. It's so. a different, yeah, different world. Yeah, and it yeah. makes sense that they would have a big fight after you know time apart and whatever, rather hmm. than their first meeting. Anyway, we'll, we don't have to yeah. litigate. <laughs> no, no, Superman right now. No, that's that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think Frank Miller was quoted as to why he put that in the book. He just said, I always wanted to see Batman kick the shit out of Superman. I mean, sure. Hey, it works. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, fantastic, good stuff. Cannot recommend it enough. Uh, got any other ones, Lonnie, come to mind? Um, well, just two more that I want to talk about um, mm-hmm. briefly. Yeah. Um, because I saw them in the cinema. So they were The Death of Superman and The Reign of the Superman. So Kind of another two-parter. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So I saw these because they were playing at my cinema down the road. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Sunday afternoon, I'll go watch two Superman movies. Drags In a row? Out. Yeah, they were double bill, man. Oh, awesome. Um, so they came along. I don't think she was as interested, but you know what? She sat there. And <laughs> <laughs> now, she likes Superman and, and comic book stuff, but not as much as I do, obviously. So, you know, but they're pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, good stuff. I think definitely Death of Superman is better than Reign of the Superman. Yeah, uh, it gets a bit silly, I think, in the second one. It, it does a touch. It does mm. a touch. But that's, you know, that's comics for you. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. I'd recommend them too. And, like, obviously, the name of the first one suggests what's going on. Superman oh. passes away. But yeah. then, well, well, things happen. Comic book movie, no one's ever really dead. So. <laughs> true, true, yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's pretty, oh, I think it's at the tail end of that, that run of, uh, I think they call it the DCAMU. Yeah. That run of 16 or so movies. They were trying to build their own sort of, yeah. MCU. MCU but yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone really care that much about those? Probably not. <gasps> I did. Excuse no, like, you. No, I think they're all good, but I don't think people were that keen for them to be in a continuity of their own. But were they? Uh, Maybe they were. I, I like that they're in a continuity, and I like yeah. that they're doing that with, I think they're calling it the Tomorrowverse currently. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, which is only a few movies deep. So you got Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society, World War Two. Uh, and then this long Halloween two-parter, yeah, yeah, and it makes sense from a from a DC standpoint because they're like, okay, if you watch this one, you got to watch the other ones too. So kind of, 
Well, it also might be a bit of a guinea pig situation, testing for live action possibly, if it really works, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, Dylan, about all these movies. Like, they're really yeah. good, right? But it's, it's yeah. like someone said to DC, it's like, okay, guys, I'll make you a promise. You're going to have the best comic book movie adaptations of all time. And then DC were like, oh, hell yeah, let's do it. And then the person was like, oh, and by the way, they're actually going to be animated. Okay, see ya. <laughs> yeah, it's like they made a, uh, a monkey paw wish. Pretty much. To, <laughs> to have the best comic book movies ever. But they're <laughs> going to be straight to DVD animation. Yeah, <laughs> the catch is straight to video. Yeah. But hey, I'm here for it. Hey, That's all that matters. For the fans like you and me, they're good stuff. So For sure, for sure. And I think comic books in general... I think work better as animated movies anyway. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, an argument. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm over the MCU. What do you want me to say, Lonnie? I'm uh, sorry. You are. It's true. You've told us many times. Yeah. Do something different. Yeah. Eternals. Fuck off. Don't care. <laughs> they're doing something different there, Dylan. It's a different. No, movie. they're not. They're not. They're just, yeah. It's just going to be the same old shit. Coming out in a week. I'll let you know how it is, okay? Don't. I don't want to hear about I'll, it. I don't I'll, care. I'll live tweet you during the screen. I'm not on Twitter, so All right, good I'll luck just, with that. I'll call you and let you know don't. what's happening. No, that's breaking the rules of the cinema. Phone has to be on silent or off, Lonnie. Okay, then that's true. I, I'm very much into that. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, you got any more? Because I've got a fair few I want to talk about. So, Not a fair few. A few more. Well, there's the two more that I... One more that I liked mm-hmm. that I remember really liking. Uh, yeah. Was Flashpoint Paradox. Which one I think mine, is on your list, I'm sure. Uh, again, one of the best... It's the best Flash movie ever made. Not that that's saying much, but... <laughs> yeah, it, it's, um, it's the Flash's his go-to story. Like, if he had yeah. a rush more, this would be it, probably, hey? A Flash story, sure. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, yeah, you already can tell it's already going to be way better than the Flash movie they're going to make, which I'm sure it's going to be good. I hope, anyway. Mm. Uh, but this is just so well done and so amazing. And the premise of this one is basically uh, the Flash is fighting with the Reverse Flash, a couple of his villains. Uh, something happens. Next day he wakes up. Uh, reality's changed. Uh-oh. Everything is altered. Um, you got things like Superman crash landed in the middle of Metropolis rather than Kansas, and he's nowhere to be found because mm. um, he's actually been kept as a government experiment for 30 years. Just horrifying. Yeah, um, I think about that. Ugh. Yeah, you got Bruce Wayne being shot in the alley instead of his parents, um, and so Thomas goes on to become Batman. Martha goes on to become Joker. That is pretty cool, actually. That that's storyline. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what else? You got Wonder Woman and Aquaman are uh, kind of scorned lovers, so they go to war and nearly end well, do end the world really. Mm-hmm. Just lots of stuff happening, lots of different stuff. Uh, and there's a twist at the end. If you don't know it, we won't spoil. But there's a reason that all this happened, and it's not the reason you might think. Mm. It's really good because, like, there. Are, this is a very common um, superhero idea that you know there's an alternate universe, and only one person knows about it, and he's got to try and save it. Like, that's been done a fair bit. It's probably yeah, the best but- one, eh? Well, the thing about this is, it's an alt- most with alternate universes. It doesn't matter because they're all in their own continuity and Elseworld story. Yeah. This is an alternate universe where it actually matters to the canon. Yeah, it matters to the main universe. We don't want it to be like this. We want yeah. it to go back to the way it was. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a fan. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. What else, what else you got, got, mate? What else you got? No, Dylan? no. You finish yours first, then no, we'll that, go that's through. That's all more. I've got. So. Oh, I thought you said you had two more. No, I, I misread my notes. 
You misread. Two is one. No, I, I, I'd forgotten. I'd, already, I'd had two here, but there's new frontier, which I already said. Fine. Couldn't have pulled one out your ass, I guess, Lonnie. Oh, okay, then. For I'll, the people. I'll look at the list. Nah, it's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Um, shout out the original animated DC movie. Also, Lord is one of the best. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yep. Tough there, hey? Definitely. Definitely. Um, it's, yeah, pretty much in the Batman animated uni- uh, Batman animated series, rather, universe. It's kind of like Batman Begins before Batman Begins was a thing, hey? Kind of, yeah. Mm. Follows the early years a bit. And it's basically a love story between mm. Batman um, and uh, a mob guy's daughter, I believe. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a very, very sad story because basically he's already gearing up to be Batman. Um, he's ready to unleash it on the criminals of Gotham. Uh, and he falls in love. And he didn't count on being happy. That's one of the most tragic lines from the movie. He says to his parents, I'm sorry, I made you a promise, but I didn't, I didn't count on being happy. Um, obviously some stuff happens and they break apart and that's why he becomes Batman. Batman, he shouldn't be giving us those emotions, should he? No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. And, you know, he got the A-list from the animated series. He got Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. Can't turn that down. Good stuff. Um, the quality's obviously very 90s. It's not the best-looking movie anymore, but, mm. you know. Oh, it, it does everything you need to do. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. No, I like. I, I kind of like, yeah, probably a bit nostalgic of that era of um, cartoon. Mm. Like, so I'm cool with that, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Highly recommend that one too. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Yeah. Uh, which is an animated movie of the 60s TV show, Continuity. Yeah. That's, that's there on my list to watch. I'm actually my pile there to watch tonight, Dylan, so I'm keen. Oh, very nice, very nice. Um, those couple ones are very good. Uh, I like the first one better, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. And you do get the late, great Adam West mm. voicing Batman again. Um, who, who plays Robin? I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. Bert Ward? Bert Ward, that's right, yes. Uh, and also Julie Newmar as Catwoman. Oh, how good. Yeah. And the impressions they get for Joker and Penguin and all that, on point too. So, nice. yeah, fun, bit of fun. And the second one, they actually do a villain that wasn't in the 60s show, which is Two-Face. That's fun. Do you know who plays him, Lonnie? Is it Billy D? No, oh. it's William Shatner. Oh, is it really? Yeah, how great. Okay, excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Look forward to it, mate. Okay. Because um, I think they did have plans in the 60s to do Two-Face, uh, but obviously, you know, it's a lighter tone of a show and they didn't think they could really make a man that's half scarred across his yeah. face a lighter tone of villain. So I understand why they didn't go with it in the end. Fair enough. They went with Egghead. I think I read that um, Clint Eastwood was almost on there as well as a villain at one point. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. I don't, know, I don't know who. Maybe interesting. Ice, maybe Mister Freeze. I'm not sure though. Um, they did Mister Freeze. Yeah, I, I think they did. So maybe he was someone else. Maybe he was a different version. He would have been cool playing Mister Freeze. He has that cold demeanor. Yeah, yeah. But I think it would have been very funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear some sirens? You under arrest, mate. 
Oh, they come for me, Dylan. Oh, no. It's about time, isn't it? <laughs> it is. All the stuff you've gotten away with over the years, I've had to keep secret. Here we are. I'll see you in court, mate. <laughs> you, you I'll testify against you. you. You turned so quickly, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You break the law, mate. You're going to try and save yourself. Yeah. Okay, what? I'll turn on you, Dylan. Yeah, go on. Name me. See what happens to you, mate. You won't last long. Um, I want to shout out Batman Gotham Knight. I know you haven't seen it. Told you to watch it many, many times. Well, you gave it to me to watch as well, so... I did. You better. You better. For all you people who enjoy the concept of Star Wars Visions that recently released on Disney+, Plus, where basically they get different anime animation teams to, you know, just do some different stories within the Star Wars universe. That all started with Gotham Knight. Um, so it's got like four or five different stories animated in different Japanese anime styles, and they're all fantastic. And apparently they fit in between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, a kind of unofficial canon to the Nolan verse. So enjoy that in your next marathon, people. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, I, I'll shout out that DC AMU in general. Yeah. For the most part, it's got movie good movies. It's got movies on it, if you can believe that. Um, it's got some good ones. Uh, it's got Son of Batman, which is like uh, Damian Wayne comes into Batman's life, yeah. uh, becomes Robin. So I, I really like that one. Uh, it does have an adaptation of Batman Hush, which, which is okay for the most part. Um, they change who Hush is at the end. Oh, but wow. anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but they got some great stuff. Both the Teen Titans movies in that continuity, fantastic. I love them both. Good. And we will get to Teen Titans: The Judas Contract on the Christina Chronicles because she's in that. Mm, yeah, not, not too far away. No, a it's way very away. far away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like that. Yeah, a lot of good ones. They did a Gotham by Gaslight movie. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's pretty good. It's good. Again, they changed. They like to change a lot of, especially with mystery-related ones. Mm. They like to change who it is in the end. But again, for that one, I reckon it works really well because in the comic, it was basically just some random guy. Yeah, I guess they're trying to streamline, aren't they, for the for the runtime? So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I like it a lot. Um, what else we got? I think that's all that's coming to mind, really. Ah, oh, the two Superman Batman animated movies. You got Public Enemies and you got Apocalypse. I love them both. I love them both very much. So I like Superman, Batman, Public Enemies more because it just shows Batman and Superman being best friends, Lonnie. Yeah, that's great. And that's that's all I want. That's all I want. I think these movies overall are a good good introduction to all of these like famous storylines. So mm. yeah, if you're not much of a comic book reader or can't get access to them, but you can you know, rent the movie, you'll find the movie on streaming, and you're like, I know don't know much about Batman's son. Go watch that one. You'll get a good overview of it. I yeah. Think, I think that's a good way to look at it. It's not necessarily like the definitive take on these stories, but it's a really good adaptation normally. So, yeah, a good sort of introduction to a lot of these um, characters and storylines. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And lastly, I will shout out the Wonder Woman movie from 2009. Uh, that's the best Wonder Woman movie that's ever been made. So, Don't you're spitting fire today, aren't you? Oh, I mean, it's, what was it, 88, was it? Wonder Woman 88, 87, whatever it was. 84. I don't care. 84, oh my goodness. Bad, Bad year, right? It was so a whole book about it, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And the first one is fine. I I don't really gel with it. I'm sure a lot of people do. It's got some good moments, like obviously where she crosses no man's land. Mm. She's a woman. Uh, beautiful stuff, but yeah, I still think this animated movie is much better. Yeah, I think I haven't seen myself, but I've seen people, and I believe you are on the same track, you know. It's like this is the definitive take on Wonder Woman in a movie. It's a shame it's an animated film that no one's really seen as much as the other ones. Yeah. Mate, what is happening in your side of the world? I live near a hospital. Oh, okay. Slash okay. I run a criminal empire, so. Oh, sure. Ah, that, that's them surrounding the building. Okay. All right. Getting yeah, we better position. wrap up then, hey? Yeah, better, better. So, where can they find us on the socials, mate? We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, follow us there for all little updates, little um, little funny things that I put up there, like little conversations with Dylan that I've been keeping. <laughs> Adding our private conversations. <laughs> I asked you first. You did, and I said no, and you went ahead anyway. So. That's right. Mm, the police mm. coming because you called them on me. <sighs> I um, have. But also you can update when the episode's out and a little bit of a reminder, so that'll be fun for you guys. For sure. Um, what else, Dylan? We've got a website. We're on YouTube with some, some best of little little snippets. Mm-hmm. Be good for you to share them and, and tell your mates. Absolutely. Loving it. And I guess, yeah, we've got a whole year to plan. Next year's Halloween. Maybe we could get in touch and let us know what you would like us to do. Yeah, if you've got any ideas, let us know. I've got um, some, but, you know, I'm, I'm keen to listen to the fans. Yeah, definitely, definitely. This is our first Halloween episode. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very spooky, year. but, you know. <laughs> I think we go real spooky next year, Dylan. Oh, gosh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Maybe like but the, anyway. the spookiest poo joggers of all time or something. Mm, I miss you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, man. You really don't like poo, do you? I just like really cut it off there and then. Just don't need to talk about it anymore, right? You, okay, you gave me one episode. That's not enough. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.